everyone, and welcome to the Expediters Podcast, where you can hear about front-of-mind topics in the logistics and freight forwarding industry through the lens of a global logistics provider. I'm your host, Chris Parker, and today we are talking about a little thing called the digital twin. It's a technology that's been around for actually quite a while, and many industries are starting to use it to plan, prototype, and implement their growth, and the logistics industry is no different. We'll cover history, application, benefits, and the costs of working with digital twins. But personally, the digital twin is triggering an existential crisis of whether or not I am living in a simulation. So to help me process all of this is Vice President of Supply Chain Solutions and returning guest, Ian Mallison. Ian, welcome back. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be back. I'm glad what I said on the last podcast didn't bar me from this one. So I'm delighted <laughs> to join you again. Yes, you wait. the revolving door is <laughs> open right. to you. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and if Ian were the face, I've also brought the brains behind the digital twin, at least for expires. And that is our senior manager of supply chain solutions, Jarrett Hendricks. Jarrett, how are you doing today? I am well. Thank you very much. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, since folks already know Ian, and you know, we don't want to belabor how great and wonderful you are, uh, just give us a quick recap of who you are and uh, what you do as the Vice President of Supply Chain Solutions. Well, Chris, that's, that's very kind of you to sort of set me up in that way. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I have the pleasure of running the, the global supply chain solutions team, which mm-hmm. is uh, effectively sort of works as, a, as an in-house consulting team, um, servicing both expeditors customers and non-expeditors customers too. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that overall remit, we offer consulting services. And also, as this podcast is uh, going to explain, um, a wonderful product that we call the Living Model which is our brand name for a digital twin. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, the global team is about 40 people um, and, uh, uh, and, and all of us are sort of uh, pseudo experts now in the digital twin, which is something that's really starting to gain momentum, as you said in your introduction, um, over the last sort of two or three years. So, uh, so yeah, delighted to be able to talk about it a little, a little bit more today. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, happy to have you back. And so, Jared, uh, since you're new to here, I want to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, who are you? Why are you the way you are? And what do you do as senior manager of Supply Chain Solutions? Well, I don't know if we want to go deeply into why I am who I am. I'm <laughs> not sure we have enough time there. But uh, um, but uh, yeah, so I work for Ian and my uh, I've been with the company for, uh, you know, for 20 some odd years in the industry for about uh, 30 30 plus and uh, my role is to lead the uh, the living model service which uh, is ian mentioned is our digital twin technology mm-hmm. uh, as a service offering uh, so my my background is uh, a lot a lot of logistics uh, the i've got an engineering background uh, and uh, leading the living model service uh, how'd you get into logistics and, and eventually into le- uh, this living model service well, I started in logistics, uh, loading aircraft on the ramp in Phoenix for a company called America West Airlines. So I started, uh, you know, so some of our, our uh, top folks started as runners. I started as a uh, as a as a cargo handler, and then. Yeah. Worked for a domestic forwarder and then an international uh, uh, logistics company, and then and then finally uh, expeditors. So I've had a long uh, experience, a lot of experience in logistics, both on the IS side, operations, sales, and and management, and now consulting. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and one question that I, I do like to ask people, and I'm always curious, is why do you care about what you're doing today with you know digital twins? 
Well, digital twin really is a is an exciting technology. I do. We we all believe very uh, very uh, passionately that it is a simply a better way to manage a supply chain. So uh, it's always it's always good if you can be passionate about what you do, and this is something that is easy to be to be passionate about because of the benefits that uh, that it can return uh, in terms of uh, better managing a supply chain. Let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. Um, so first things first, for anyone who has never heard of this before, what is a digital twin? What is a digital twin? That's a great question. Well, all of us at some time has have been in a digital twin, whether you've been in a simulator in the in the fairground and in or one of those roller coaster simulators or learn to drive a car or a airplane or a helicopter all of these simulators are digital twins mm-hmm. um, so digital twins aren't new um, in fact I think I think that dates back to the 1970s so the NASA um, was one of the first ones to create a digital twin in order to be able to look at the behaviors of the engines and the rockets and simulate what yeah. was going to happen rather than practicing with the real one and, <laughs> and throwing them up in the air and seeing what happens so so d- digital twins have really sort of forged their way into a place where people can practice um, and explore, um, understand what's happening, and then also not only understand what's happening, but perhaps look at some changes that you might want to do within a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, if you do make any changes, how and, and implement those changes back in the real world, how you might measure those changes and make sure then that any, I don't know, cost savings or alterations actually did in the real world what they were supposed to or what they looked like they would do in that simulated world. So, uh, so yeah, di- digital twins, particularly in the world of supply chain now, are, uh, are becoming quite popular in being able to give customers full visibility of their supply chain, whereas in the past, perhaps it was it was rather fragmented. Perhaps mm-hmm. they had multiple systems, multiple systems of records, um, multiple transport providers, all providing data separately. To try to mash all of that together in one place um, could have been in a spreadsheet. Um, but good luck, good luck with that. <laughs> sure. um, and uh, so, so now the digital twin concept really is some advanced. Um, a database or as an advanced database and optimization tool, which allows customers to, to really, for the first time, get a full view of exactly what's happening in their real world, but created in a digital environment. And then, like I said, they can, they can then start to play games with it, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simply stated, a, a digital twin is a virtual uh, representation of a in virtual space of a physical structure in real space and the information flow between the two that keeps the virtual uh, synchronized with the with the real. Um, and uh, it, it is that last part, the the information flow between the two and the way that the the, uh, the the virtual models must be constructed in order to accept that flow of information that is the key difference between digital twin technology and the uh, the uh, classic 
uh, model-based engineering uh, that we've been doing for, for quite some time. And, and as Ian had uh, pointed out, right, this, this approach allows you to fully understand what is currently happening in the, in the structure, physical structure that you're, that you're uh, twinning or, or modeling. Uh, it allows you to explore what will happen as changes are made to that, uh, to that uh, physical structure or process, and then to measure uh, changes that, are, that you may impose upon it, right, and, and measure execution to design, uh, as you say. Um, so that essentially is what a, uh, what a digital twin is. Ian, you'd have brought up, you know, if I've I've been in a digital twin before, I've I've you know been in a simulator at the fairgrounds, I've gone you know through a driving uh, like a driving tool of some sort. Like, why not just call it a simulation? What is it? Why are they different? How are they different? Um, well, they're not necessarily different. I mean, they're they're basically the same thing. So, a, a digital twin is that is that um, uh, a, a virtual uh, image of the real world. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I I'm a huge Formula One fan, Chris, and uh, you know, I, I I watch these these drivers drive around some of these uh, these racetracks around the world with just enormous accuracy and speed. Mm-hmm. But of course, before they get to the racetrack, they sit in this simulator, which is a digital twin, um, and are able to practice then, understand it, feel the way that the car is going to react, um, and, and then apply that. So once they've practiced and understood it, seen exactly what, how it's going to react, they're then able to apply that into their real racing. Um, and also they might have even tried different techniques, different speeds, different corner techniques, et cetera, within the simulator. And then they can see how that's going to apply in the real world and make those changes. So, um, so, so yeah, I, so in, in the world of supply chain, it really does help customers get a better picture of how their supply chain is responding, what perhaps is the current cost overall of their mm-hmm. supply chain? What's the responsiveness of that supply chain? What's the carbon um, impact on their overall supply oh, sure. chain? Yeah, yeah. So, th- so that, that, that's the first sort of really powerful benefit of this tool, which is visualization to start with, just yeah. understanding what's going on today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and then um, you can then start to make some simulations about, well, what if we change things? What if disruption occurs? Um, how could we best exploit some opportunities? What if we try different new and different things? So that, that's what this tool really benefits customers in order to do. Before we kind of go into more uh, how logistics companies are using digital twins, I want to kind of take a step back and let, let's look at this a little bit more industry agnostic. But what's the last 10 years been like for the digital twins? Um, how are they being used today? How, are they, how have they been received? Um, how are they impacting the world, essentially? So right now, digital twins are being uh, deployed for three main purposes, either design uh, to to design better physical structures. And that's what our digital twin is is focused on, the living model. Um, uh, Maintenance to maintain systems, either through uh, diagnostics, advanced prognostics to understand when systems are going to go down or or things are going to go down and to to intervene uh, uh, in order to keep that from from occurring uh, to or execution to, to optimize in, in real time uh, the operation of, of systems. And really, the uh, if you go all, um, all the way back to the 70s, the original NASA uh, um, digital twin was a combination uh, of the three, right? They mm-hmm. used it to design their module. They used it to uh, um, 
to uh, while it was in space, uh, they they used the, the information flow to to execute and, and to um, to maintain those systems. Um, currently, uh, it started gaining traction about three or four years ago in manufacturing. So now you're using it for uh, uh, for you know machines to keep them more of the, you know, designing the systems, but uh, but also uh, maintenance. And um, now they're also being used in. Of course, they're being used uh, in the energy side, transportation in terms of building jet engines and mm-hmm. any type of you know uh, advanced engineering application. Uh, it's it's getting a lot of traction there. Um, they're uh, they're also starting to gain traction in like uh, you know freight trains and and, and uh, you know real time uh, um, uh, adjustments based on the the weight and the and the and the uh, um, the fuel the fuel efficiency airflow things like that. Um, but uh, but in logistics, mostly it is a it is focused on either design of uh, of systems of of networks, either the you know network topography, if you will, where your nodes are and are they positioned correctly? Do you have the correct number of them? Mm -hmm. Uh, Transport flow strategy uh, through them. Uh, And so that is is really where they're starting to gain traction in, in, in logistics. Are those are these digital twins then um, within the logistics uh, world? Are they only provided by logistics companies, or are do you have you found organizations able to, I guess, adopt their own or to build their own? So we we've we've found a number of different versions of digital twins uh, in talking to our customer base, um, primarily around software providers. So mm-hmm. um, customers have perhaps invested in their own software in order to be able to create some sort of version of a digital twin. Um, Our service offering as the living model is slightly different in that we are a managed service. So we're not a software provider. So it's not a software as a service, a SaaS service. Mm, Um, Our our service is a managed service. So we provide um, a great deal of, of human interaction as well as the tools behind the scene in order to be able to provide the customers with what they need. Um, but we, we do find that human element is, is vital. Um, being able to understand the flow of data that's coming into the digital twin in the first place. Um, also recognizing perhaps some of the weakness in that data that's coming in as well and being able to identify that. Um, and, and also using machine learning um, together with human endeavor to make sure that the, the information that's flowing into the system is as accurate as it possibly can be. And, and then the outputs, so the, the outputs that come out of the, the visualizations and the outputs that come out of the digital twin is something that, again, um, takes a great deal of, of human intervention um, in making sure that those outputs are conducive to the customer's needs. Mm-hmm. They're, co- they're constantly evolving, constantly changing, um, and they, they bring a lot of observations that the customer then wants to drill down on, which is, well, what if, what if we move this? Or I notice something strange is happening with my supply chain over there. Let's take a closer look at that. So by visualizing the behavior of a supply chain, it, it generates an awful lot of questions. Yeah. Um, uh, or, or it ratifies that it's working well. Wh- whichever way you want to look at it, it's very useful to have that kind of insight. You brought up a really good point there with the, the the fact that you know this digital twin 
uh, technology is constantly changing. What's that speed been like and how have uh, logistics companies or, you know, the logistics industry been able to keep up with it? Um, what What is being done now or what are conversations are being had to in order to stay on top of all these changes? So I think it's important to point out that really in the logistics space, we're not seeing a lot of digital twin uh technology as in if you if you think about it to, to create a digital twin you need uh you need advanced simulation and optimization software you need industrial engineers and you need uh, um you know you need an understanding of, of of logistics and so if you put all those three things together a a company can do that by themselves um but if you're going to do that for another company then uh, um, then of course you have to you have to have that software you have to have those people you have to have that and that's what we are doing and what we're really not seeing other logistics service providers doing, not saying that there aren't other logistics service providers providing digital twin technology as a service. Uh, we're not aware of them, but uh, otherwise the way that you create a digital twin is by, um, you know, is, is by being a software company and, and providing consulting. So um, we really do feel that uh, that uh, Expeditors is, is leading the market in, in terms of offering digital twin technology to our customers as yeah. a service. True or false? The digital twin is is the golden ticket. Then it is like I mean we can just call this right right now. All of our problems have been solved by the digital twin. Is that true? <laughs> certainly, certainly not. But it is. <laughs> but, it is a, but it is definitely a better way to manage a supply chain. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I have often used the uh, the example of do you need a digital twin in order to manage your supply chain? No, companies have been managing their supply chains for for uh, you know quite a long time without it. But I always draw the example of our ancestors navigated the oceans for sailed the oceans for for centuries without the benefit of na uh, technology based navigation aids. But would they do it now? Sure, of course right. not. You know, there is a better way to do it. And the and digital twin technology is is that better way? Yeah, so I've uh, I've been talking to a lot of customers certainly over the last 12, 18 months about this technology, and mm -hmm. and and it's it's been a fascinating conversation. Um, and and with uh, with Jared's analogy there, you know, about navigating the globe, I've, I've got a more domestic one. It, it's it's you remember when you didn't have a dishwasher, Chris, yeah. in in your house? You know, you used to. Well, you might still do. You might you would sort of wash the dishes, and uh, and then there's a dishwasher salesperson is stood next to you saying, you know, hey, I've got something that's really going to help you <laughs> and automate a lot of the functionality and just help you get a better life. Yeah. Um, and you're going to say. I haven't got time to look at this dishwasher. Yeah. I'm too busy washing the dishes. <laughs> right. So that that is the perfect analogy. Yeah. Uh, that that that's what at the moment customers are saying. I'm not quite sure what this strange thing is that you call a digital twin. Um, I, I'm kind of interested, but I'm super busy at the moment and mm. somewhat distracted in what I do. So that's very much a, a key point as well, which is actually if you do take a little bit of time out of your day to research this and even give it a try, you might find that it does actually help in the long run with the day-to-day -day activities that you're so busy firefighting with. That's a very good point. You know, what else stands in the way of adopting a digital twin uh, into the way that your company does business? Well, first off, you have to have visibility into the uh, activity of your supply chain. Really, mm -hmm. digital twin technology is another manifestation of that truism. You know, visibility uh, is is going to to help you improve the performance of your supply chain, and this this is exactly that. But what is data, or what is visibility? Right, it is the data that describes activity that is occurring in your supply chain. So. 
if you don't have visibility to that activity, then you're going to have a hard time building a simulation of that, uh, a virtual rendering of it. So um, the, the data is, a, is certainly a barrier or can be a barrier. This is a technology that can help you overcome that barrier, though, mm -hmm. as well, right? By ex exploiting the visibility that you do have. And as you work towards you know, getting more better data, this can, you know, can really highlight areas where your data may be deficient as you start running uh, models and simulations. Using that data, it can expose those, uh, uh, those weaknesses and, and incense you to start going back to the source to correct those uh, those weaknesses and improve the the quality of your uh, of your data or the clarity of your visibility. So certainly, data is a uh, um, is a can be a barrier. Um, if, uh, you know, the, just natural resistance to a change in, in the way that you do things, right? I think our, our biggest competitor is the, uh, is the do nothing, right? To continue to manage the supply chain the way you're managing it right now. You can certainly continue to limp by and, and watch pass by or rather not watch pass by all of the opportunities to improve your supply chain that you don't, that you're, that you're not exposed to uh, because you don't have the, uh, this, this process in place. If you compare the classic modeling uh, network design techniques, which mm -hmm. we, which we still do as part sure. of our, our overall group, um, one of the biggest, uh, biggest time factors of any um, uh, research or modeling is, is, as Jared referred to, is the data. It's mm -hmm. collecting the data, cleansing the data, and understanding the dynamics of that data. Um, if I take a, an average lead time for a project of, say, 90 days from, from kickoff to sort of feeding back the results to the customer, 70% of that time in that 90 days is, is going to be collecting data, understanding it, and visualizing that and creating the base case in order then to be able to come up with some ideas about how you might optimize it or change it or improve it. So, so, so data, the flow of data is, is absolutely critical. And one of the, the issues, of course, as, as Jared was referring to, with the with the digital twin, it solves one of those problems in that the flow of data is continuous. Now, whether that's every hour, every day, every week, every month, the flow of data can be determined um, into the digital twin environment on a regular basis. Um, and I should add that flow can be through API or EDI or flat file transfer. You can even send an Uber with some data in it, Chris, <laughs> if, that, if that's what you want to do. So for, for us, it doesn't matter how sure. that data actually sort of gets positioned within the digital twin. Um, it's, uh, it's what you do with it then. But it needs to be constantly flowing. It needs to be constantly flowing. But by, by having that flow of data, regular flow of data, then that already puts the customer in, a, in an advantageous situation because the data is there immediately um, available to us to be able to start to manipulate and start to understand rather than running around the building trying to find it, say, hey, I've got a good idea. Let's look at how we can optimize something. Right, step one is let's find some data. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's already in place. So um, projects can be turned around within days or weeks rather than months um, compared to a traditional modeling approach. That flow of information that is one of the three main uh, uh, parts of the digital twin. And, and just before we leave that, another thing that is a barrier is fragmentation in your service provider uh, uh, 
your, your the number of service providers that you have, right? Because oh, sure. it, it, it all comes down to the the flow of information, the trading information, the more partners that you have. Anytime you move data between systems, you have to translate that data. And the more times you're moving data, the more partners that you have, the more translations you have, the more the more opportunities for mistranslation. So while visibility across the supply chain as a key enabler is true, fewer, deeper relationships also promotes better uh, clarity, uh, quality of visibility. So that's also another in, in, inhibitant or inhibitor of, of, uh, of in, in applying this technology if you have so many service providers that you can't uh, you can't corral the data. It makes me think of that old fable about, you know, the uh, the group of blind men who who find this mysterious creature. They describe it in different ways and turns out that they're all talking about an elephant. You know, if yeah. the more providers that you're working with, there's yeah. going to be different interpretations and different offerings, different levels of quality of the data that you're receiving. Sure. How the heck do you, you know, parse through it and then provide it to the twin in a way that makes the most sense and also gives you the clearest picture possible that you can get back? Yeah, yeah it's, very, it's very good. That I remember that fable as well. I've seen a cartoon <laughs> version of that one too. Sure. And there's there's a fifth wise man that that finds something on the floor that had come out of the elephant, and they, they had a <laughs> slightly different perspective of that one. So that, that was uh, that was a good cartoon. Yeah, he learned the most that day. He yeah. did. He did. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay, so Digital Twin, like we've, we're talking a lot about data and how Digital Twins will benefit from a lot of data to build a strong simulated environment. What about companies that, that don't have that historical data? Do they just kind of lose out on on whatever benefits that other companies could be getting from this? Well, there are ways to simulate uh, um, transactions in, mm -hmm. in order to create. A, ultimately, I mean, we, we use terms like simulation, but you, you, they have deeper engineering uh, uh, connotations as well. And, you know, the, the simulation versus optimization, the different solve types. And but really key to this is a simulation uh, of a supply chain. And a simulation is a, uh, you know, you're, you have to have the, the activity that is occurring. Now, whether that's historical activity or whether it's forecasted activity or projections of activity, you have to you have to have something to to create that uh, that simulation. Mm -hmm. um, and you can do that if you don't have historical information or it's changing so quickly or so dramatically that it really doesn't have any relevance to the current uh, uh, to the current situation. Like, for example, the, the year that we've just gone through the COVID, the disruption that COVID has ensued, a lot of the modeling that we are doing, we're basing on 2019 data just because 20. 20 was so abnormal right but uh, there, there are ways to uh, to simulate uh, uh, transactions or activity in if we don't have that yeah how do we as uh, freight forwarders uh, or other logistics companies how do like what do we get out of the digital twin how does this make us a better provider oh well that's a that's a really good question and what this allows us to do in conjunction with the customer is just have a better understanding of what's happening in their supply chain right an objective understanding of what's uh, of what's happening so we uh, we find that it it greatly deepens the the transparency the trust uh, within the relationship um yeah it, it's an interesting dynamic chris because this the the, the digital twin is is agnostic so it's it's mm. not related to any particular freight forwarder or transport provider um it's an extension of the customer's world 
mm-hmm. of which which involves multiple service providers and multiple partners. Um, so really, it's then uh, it provides meaning and understanding to the customer, so they can then react to it within their real world, which which may or may not include certain freight forwarding companies or certain partners. So the the design functionality, that simulation functionality. Um, it enables them to sort of take that next step and implement or execute against some of that design work that the digital twin has created for them, um, which, like I said, may, may involve changing multiple things with multiple partners. Yeah. What one of which may or may not be expeditors. Sure. No. Sure. So it's it's uh, so it, it's an agnostic um, agnostic service for the customer to be able to utilize. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So last question for you guys is then, you know, what are the qualities, if any, of a company that makes sense for them to engage with digital twins? Is any company too big or too small for this kind of technology? Maybe too small, right? I mean, there is an investment. <laughs> there is an investment to this. Sure, or sure. if you if you have a completely static uh, supply chain that isn't changing, you're not growing, you're not experiencing any type of disruption, and you're not looking for opportunities. <laughs> so there are potentially companies like that. And, and sure, certainly... Sure. You know, whether you have somebody build a digital twin for you uh, um, or whether you have them operate a digital twin for you or whether you do it yourself. This is expense. You know, the the software and the hardware and the industrial engineers, they're not inexpensive. So Mm. you do have to have a certain uh, amount of 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 transportation spend in order for this to to make sense. Um, But uh, in terms of so on the small, the the low end, there probably is a uh, um, is a. a you know company that, that would be too small for this but in terms of on, on the large end again if you have a if you think about this in terms of research and development for the supply chain which is what it is yeah then who what company is not going to benefit by better understanding their supply chain and, and driving efficiency into it and 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 waste out of it so really uh there's no upper limit to to uh a company that could benefit could benefit from this technology mm-hmm. for sure i I'd like to add um, as well a slightly different um, spin on that. Rather than at a company level, it's more as a personal level. Um, we we found that the the individuals that we deal with in our customer base um, are, are, are are real game changers. They are very dynamic individuals. Have a lot of questions. What if? I need to know, I need to understand, um, I need to perform, I need to improve my overall supply chain environment. So, you know, engaging with people that are are, are sort of genuinely trying to improve their overall situation within their company, mm-hmm. that's, that, that, that's a very common trait and, and dynamic. Um, and also, it makes them look very good, Chris, internally. <laughs> no, no doubt about it, because the, the outputs, the visualization, the information that this tool then provides them, they can then take that internally into their boardroom mm-hmm. and, and provide pretty mind-blowing um, information, which has never been seen before in that organization. So uh, so I'm, I'm not going to say it, 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 a, a byproduct of the digital twin gets promotion for some of these customers, but uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say it certainly can make them look very good in, in the right situation. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, uh, Ian, that this is a tool that that helps you establish and, and demonstrate mastery of your supply chain. And mm. that can be a, a great... Uh, 
personal benefit for for uh, either account managers or or people at the customer. If people were uh, thinking that, hey, I would like to be a game changer, and they want to get into contact with either of you, uh, where could we direct people to learn more and have more conversations with you about digital twins? Uh, yes, Chris. I uh, well, uh, absolutely. You can look me up on LinkedIn. Um, my details are available there, um, and also, of course, through um, Expeditors branches. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's an easy way to get in contact with me and any of the supply chain solutions team, frankly, um, globally. Uh, we're always willing to, uh, to help and, uh, and sit down with customers and just talk about their supply chain. And Jared, you actually had a blog about a blog post about on uh, a living model that I'm going to share in the show notes um, here on our Horizon blog. Is there any, any other ways to get into contact with you to learn more about your thoughts on, on digital twins? Yeah, same as me. I'm, I'm I'm available on LinkedIn, and uh, of course, uh, any yeah anybody you talk to, it you know if you, you take your normal channels into expediters, they they'll uh, they'll find their way to to supply chain solutions and uh, into us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, gentlemen. This is a fascinating topic. Really appreciate your time. Take care. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got questions or want to learn more about today's topic, check out the show notes for more information. And before you go, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using so you won't miss the next episode. To learn more about Expeditors, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or simply visit us at expeditors.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time.